Hi, I'm Trevor. And I'm Laura. We're married, and we like to do a lot of different things together. But what got us together initially was that we love to eat and we like to drink. And we love to learn how our favorite foods and beverages came to be. In each episode of this podcast, we'll talk about something delicious and answer the question, Where did this come from? feel refreshed after a unscheduled but much needed week off from the show. I don't know about you. Oh, yeah. I know. That was, we, uh, yeah, we just need a little break. We got down to recording time and we just didn't do it. We just <laughs> decided, hey, let's, well, let's hit pause. Last Saturday was so beautiful outside that yeah. we decided to just spend the day outside. And, and it was much, it was, it was great. Really nice. It was great. It was much needed. Yeah. Much needed We're back. Kickoff. We're back. Excited to be back. And uh, yeah, I don't know. How are you doing, Laura? I'm good tired kind of yeah it's sunday sunday's a lazy day yeah it's a day of rest it is but i'm i'm fully caffeinated <laughs> I know. look out i know <laughs> i will try not to jump on any of your sentences yeah in this don't episode. ask questions that i don't know the answers to <laughs> i hate when you do that <laughs> sometimes our research doesn't get all the answers that the other person might ask when yeah. they're learning um so i'm become notorious amongst the no, two of us for okay. asking it's... questions that Lauren isn't prepared to have <laughs> like, the answers I don't know for. the answer to that. Um, but no, it's good to ask questions. It is. I may or may not have the answer. It's okay. It's fun to learn. Mm-hmm. It's fun to learn. And on that note, welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of Where Did This Come From? The podcast where we talk about all things delicious and their origin stories. I'm Trevor. And I'm Laura. And today, we are actually going to be talking about our first cheese episode. Ooh, cheesy. Cheesy. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about Parmesan. Ooh, excellent. That's a great place to start. Yes. And it's actually a fascinating cheese. Wonderful. But, yeah. So anyway, we'll, we'll jump in. But um, yeah. Oh, man. There's, there's such a world of cheese out there to dive into. Like, I know. It's one of the I only think... foods... Um, because we did, you know, we did Burgundy last season and I talked a lot about, you know, AOP and AOCs and mm-hmm. regional delineations for wine. There is just as many, if not more, for cheese. Yeah. And we're one of the only countries in the world that doesn't have like cheese regions, if right. you will. Well, and so we'll kind of get into this, but Parmesan is one of the most imitated cheeses in the entire world. Imitated. And only, so only... True Parmesan cheese is Parmigiano Reggiano, which is from a certain region in Italy, the Reggiano region. Um, but most of the cheese, uh, most of the Parmesan cheese that we see in the United States is not actually Parmesan cheese. So it's like Parmesan style cheese. Yes. So where is the Reggiano region in Italy? So it's um, Emilia Reggiano. And it's sort of a large region um, in the northern part of Italy, and it includes the provinces of Parma, Reggio Emilia, Modena, Bologna. Bologna? Bologna. Bologna. (laughs) Welcome to Bologna. 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 Um, And Mantua. And those are just some of the, the, uh, like, cities, I guess, that are Mm -hmm. in this region. Okay. Um, but the, the whole region is called Emilia Romagna. Gotcha. That so. I know because of wine. Yeah. And it's a, it's a huge, it's massive. I mean, it's a really, yeah. really huge region. Um, but the pastures of this region, um, are kind of where, you know, it's where the cows have to be from. 
Gotcha. So we'll get into sort of like okay. all the all the specifics. I have derailed you the conversation. Derailed me. That did not take long. I'm sorry. <laughs> So the history of Parmesan uh, starts back 900 years. Wow. So Benedictine and Cistercian monasteries uh, started dairy farming to help survive the harsh winters of northern Italy. Interesting. Um, So like many other parts of the world, they would use the warm months um, to sort of cultivate and stock up for the colder months. Mm -hmm. And these monks were exposed to some more education and more knowledge than the average citizen. So they were implementing sort of these conservation principles to make food um, more durable and nutritious and last longer. Um, So they began doing dairy, like raising dairy cattle um, as part of their sort of regular Mm. uh, chores or work life. Interesting. There's so much of that in like monk sects around the world you see like we talked about burgundy with mm-hmm. wine um, belgium the trappist monks for beer uh wow they, they really just like whatever was the most necessary around them they just kind of like yeah figured it out as needed yeah so they um they sort of perfected the art of creating this hard cheese that was aged um and then could you know, obviously last through the the winter months, Mm -hmm. um, but was also pretty nutritious. So the ingredients have always basically been the same. So it's water, milk, salt, rennet, and the ingredients list on several websites says patience. Patience. It has to be aged for quite some time. So you might go into this, but I'm going to ask anyway, because I've always been curious. I've always just accepted that I knew what rennet was. But I don't. Like, I know the word is, like, it's something that is always involved with cheese making for the most part. But I've yeah, never really dug into what it is. So it's um, curdled milk from the stomach of a calf. Oh, wow. So it contains renin and, like, enzymes that are used for curdling milk. Is that where, like, the cultures come from? Is that what that I, is? Or is that different? I, I don't know. Okay. Interesting. It's from the, the calf. Now I wish I hadn't asked what rennet was. Yeah. I mean, I don't care. I'm still right. going to eat cheese, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's basically like enzymes um, and it, it helps sort of the cheese do its thing. Cool. So, uh, yeah. The ingredient list really hasn't changed much. So there's, wait, there's five ingredients and one of them is patience. Yeah. So the, the monasteries were spread through these pastures between Parma and Reggio Emilia, and they were um, mostly raised for or used for um, raising milk cows. Mm-hmm. The salt was always from Salso Maggiore, um, which obviously helped the product keep for as long as possible. Right. The first written history of Parmesan comes from a notorial act from the 12th century. Um, Monks apparently used Parmesan to pay their uh, their landlord, I guess, <laughs> um, with – they would pay – basically paid their rent with, with Parmesan. Yeah. We're a lot of money, but would you care for some cheese? Yes. And it was called – in this um, notary document, it is called Casius Parmensius. It was big enough to be able to pay rent with. Wow. So is it, is it like it's a decree that says you can pay rent with cheese or just that they no, did? No, it, there's it just like a record that, that they, they did. It's like here's yeah. your receipt for your rent. Right, yes. Paid in three giant Five wheels cheeses. of cheese. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in 
the 14th century, trade routes were being developed, um, and it, you know, Parmesan cheese kind of made it to a lot of other areas in Italy, mm-hmm. um, so Piedmont and Tuscany regions, and mm-hmm. also reached the ports um, of the Mediterranean Sea. Wow. So then other places in Europe, particularly France, um, got access to the Parmesan cheese. And it became a huge hit. Um, But also that is when the imitation cheeses started to pop up. Got it. This has like been a problem for Parmigiano-Reggiano for quite some time. So imitation like saying they're from Italy and not like forgeries or just being like... Well, so I think just like, oh, let's try to make this hard salty cheese. Yeah. So in 1612, the Duke of Parma, Ranuccio Farnese, realized the need to protect protect the product um, on the market from other similar cheeses. So he wanted to designate that true Parmigiano Reggiano was only Mm -hmm. from their area. Okay. So this, he he made this designation um, of origin official with a deed dated um, August 7th, 1612. And the deed defined the places from which the cheese called from Parma should come from. So this is basically the beginning of the history of the designation of origin, which is now acknowledged all through Europe. Yeah. So that's the first, the first DLO for cheese came from Parmigiano. Yep. Parmigiano. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, yeah. And so there wasn't a whole lot more that happened until the 20th century. Really? So people were making these cheeses. I think it was really hard to regulate, mm. um, but they did have this existence of, you know, okay, the only the places on this deed are making true Parmesan cheese. Yeah. And the outside of like, I've never bought obviously an entire wheel of Parmesan because they're huge mm-hmm. and expensive. But you can see like it's, I think it's the DOO stamp is on the outside yes, rind of the cheese. Yes, we're Nice. Yeah. Stealing my thunder. I'm not stealing any thunder. I'm just. <laughs> but yes, it, it's very official now. So in, and actually, it be, so there's kind of not much written between 1612 and 1900. Um, but this, this deed existed. Only Parmesan cheese was supposed to be from certain regions, um, but there were a lot of other, like, imitation cheeses mm-hmm. popping up everywhere, and there, it really wasn't regulated at all. So in 1901, the Chamber of Commerce of Reggio Emilia, which is one of the towns, proposed to establish a trade union between the producers and the traders of the cheese to authenticate. Okay. So they wanted to make sure that everything that is being sold in the world um, as Parmesan cheese was actually truly Parmesan, Parmesan Reggiano. Yeah. So in, on, in July of 1934, representatives of the dairies from Parma, Reggio Emilia, Modena, and Mantua um, agreed on the need to approve the mark. So I think previously they had all their diff- – like a different – way of marking their cheeses Um, but they decided to unify and say okay one there's going to be one stamp that is like the stamp for the dpo Mm -hmm. Um, then in 1954 the first consortium turned into the current protection body which is the parmigiano reggiano cheese consortium and we'll get into this a little bit um when i talk about the production of the cheese but basically all the producers have to go through this consortium to certify their cheese. 
Oh, before they can sell it. Before as... they can sell it. Wow. Yeah. So it's quite um, vigorous. Now, is it before, and maybe this didn't come up, but is it before they can start selling cheese, period? Or like every time they make a batch of cheese, they have to go through this process? Every time they make a batch of cheese, they wow. have to have every single wheel tested. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. Wow. Um, that is rigorous. Yes, very rigorous. Um, and one of the measures in 1954 that they that the consortium adopted, which again aimed to protect the product sales um, as being true Parmigiano-Reggiano, is the dotted inscription stamp Parmigiano-Reggiano that encircles the entire wheel of cheese. So this is done at the production facilities, but they they stamp. And if you've ever purchased a true Parmigiano Reggiano, mm -hmm. you can see this on the outside. It's stamped all over with like these little dot letters of Parmigiano Reggiano. Oh yeah, I guess so, yeah. I guess it is like it's like a dot matrix kind of. It, yeah, it's a dot matrix, but you can like see what the word is. Yeah. Um. So that is the that is one of the telltale signs that your Parmigiano Reggiano is actually authentic. Wow. Because it's embossed. All over. Every wheel is tested. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, nothing can be changed about the product or its production. So it always remains consistent and the same. Wow. I mean, and, oh, man, true, like a true chunk of Parmesan is, I know you always think about it like putting it on pasta as like a garnish, but mm -hmm. like real Parmigiano Reggiano by itself is like maybe so, one of the most delightful. So good. You can like feel the salt grains in the cheese. I, know. So, it's, I love that. It's that good cheese grit. Yeah. So good with like fruit or yeah. like Parma ham. Yeah. Prosciutto mm. di Parma. Mm, yes. Oh my gosh. So Why do we do this before we've eaten lunch every single time? <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I actually did because we've been, since the pandemic, we've been doing like Whole Foods pickup for groceries and I was looking at to see if they had true Parmigiano Reggiano so we can put that in our next order. And they do. They definitely they, do. They do carry it, yeah. Coming from someone who worked briefly in 2008 in the Whole Foods specialty section in Pasadena. Shout out East Foothill. Ooh. What up? <laughs> Um, I know none of you are hearing this, but the we would get the full wheels yeah. of Parm and we'd have to break them down and it would take like hours. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so cool. Yeah. And you, I mean, it's the, the cool thing about it is that a lot of cheeses like uh, Greer, Manchego, things like that, you can get them to very specific shapes and sizes. But with Parmesan, it would, once you start cutting into it, like it, it comes off and almost like rocks. Yeah. So it can't, it's never always perfect. Right. Which is awesome, actually. I know. It's Which really cool. good. Um, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about the production of Parmesan because it is actually quite a lengthy process. Okay. Um, so, again, Parmigiano Reggiano is exclusively made in the provinces of Parma, Reggio Emilia, Modena, Bologna, and Mantua. And the feeding of the cattle is like the first part that is regulated. Um, so they have to be, the, all the cattle have to be fed on locally grown forage. Um, they have strict specifications on the use of like different types of foods, animal flour, all that stuff. So the cows are regulated. Okay. Um, and it usually depends on the production of the regions, but there are three brand, breeds of cow that are usually used. So Frisian, Red, Reggiana, or Bruna cows. Naturally. I, I know. <laughs> yeah. 
I thought they used to Google what those look like later, cow, but cow brand cows, <laughs> yes, <laughs> dairy cows. Um, but those are the three types of cows. Um, so the the dairies will provide the fresh raw milk. Um, usually, it's the day prior milk, so it's okay. like one day. Dale's milk. Is it discounted um, like bagels and donuts? I don't think so. I don't think it's the same. I think they actually want it to be one day so that it starts kind of, I don't know, doing its thing. Start doing its milk, milk thing? Milk-wise, yeah. It's milk thing. Like, it's cult, like the cultures are gotcha. getting ready for cheese making. Um, so they go into these huge copper vats, and the milk slowly coagulates with the addition of the rennet mm. and the whey starter. Um which is part of what's there from the, the previous day's processing. Gotcha. So 550 liters of milk, which is 145 gallons, are needed to produce each wheel of Parmigiano Reggiano. What? Yeah. It's a lot. 145 gallons of milk goes into yeah. what are the how how big are the wheels? Um Google break. Um so the average Parmigiano Reggiano wheel is about seven to nine inches high and 16 to eight inches in diameter and weighs about 84 pounds. Oh my gosh. Which is big, but it's that's big. still a lot of milk. It's a dense cheese, but 80, so 145 gallons to make an 80 pound wheel of cheese. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so much milk. Yep. No wonder it's expensive. <laughs> I know. Well, and these are not just like huge dairy farm, no. like, you know, hyper manufactured milk it's you know no it's i mean they're grazing like the naturally milk like yeah probably in the world um yeah so the so in the these huge copper vats um the curd forms and is broken down by the master cheesemaker so it's all a manual process and they're broken into like mini granules with this tool called the spino and it kind of looks like you know the blender bottle there's like that mm -hmm. metal thing that like it's shakes. like the whisk ball. The whisk ball is kind of like a giant version of that. And the cheese maker is just basically stirring this giant vat of milk. So it's like a giant curd. whisk. It's like a giant whisk, but it's a ball shaped. Like a sphere whisk, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, there's actually a really cool video on um, ParmigianoReggiano.com. Here you can see this. <laughs> how long does it say how long he, because he was constantly stirring it. Um, or is it like, that's actually a good so question. Like the, they the do mention that the in the video, box, but I didn't write it down. Stir occasionally. Um, no, they're doing it like pretty constantly and it has to get up to a certain temperature, like 55 degrees centigrade. Well, that's warm. Um, and I think they're doing this for like several hours. Wow. It must be the jacked arms. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. So once it, once it gets to that 55 degrees centigrade, um, the cheesy granules start to stick to the bottom of this, basically this cauldron, and mm -hmm. it forms a mass. Um, and then about after an hour of it forming this mass, the cheesemaker removes the cheese mass from the bottom and cuts it into two twin wheels. And then it's wrapped in a linen cloth and then placed in its mold. So it's, it's case in plate. All right, so they're molded. It's it's put into a mold. They're not it's, like shaped. Yeah, they're not shaped by hand, but they do. They kind of um, in the video, it's easier to 
see it, but I wish you could see it. It's basically <laughs> like uh, you know, let me let me describe the video to you. Um, so it's like this giant bath of milk, mm-hmm. and then they have almost this this like bar that goes across, and it's this linen hammock thing. Oh, cool! Basically, and the cheese mold that's the cheese mass that is formed is like hanging in this hammock and that's where they cut it into two so it kind of does get this like rounded yeah shape to it while it's in its linen cloth um but then they they coat it in the case and plate mm, gotcha and this is where the unique um alphanumeric code is applied its identity of like where where it was made and the date it was made um, and then this is where they they stamp around with the Parmigiano Reggiano. Got it. Okay. So every every batch, specifically, I guess specifically in this this video that you saw anyway, every batch that they make makes two wheels. Well, they have like a ton of the vats right, going at right, the same right, time. Right, right, right. The one basically. like it's a yeah. double batch basically. It makes two wheels. It's like <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Yield um, two. Yeah, so then after um, a few days, the wheels get immersed into a salt water solution. And so those are soaked, and it um, salts the cheese by osmosis. Oh, cool. And this is the last piece of the production cycle before it goes into its maturation period. Um, So the minimum maturation is 12 months. Um, and that is the the minimum for all PDO cheeses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at this point, that's when they can decide if the wheel is worthy of its name um, and then gets certified or it gets kind of downgraded. Um, che- the cheese can also be stored up to 24, 36, 40 months or more. Wow. So there's a lot of different like I don't know if you've ever had a 40-month Parmesan before. So if it gets downgraded, it doesn't I'll get, get thrown. Into that. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm curious. I'm curious about a great many. <laughs> tell things. me all about the cheese. Um, no, I will tell you that. Stop but... asking annoying questions. <laughs> um, okay, so this part was actually my favorite to read about. So this person um, called the Batti, Battitore, which literally translates to the hitter. Hmm is employed by the consortium that I talked about before. So the it's like an outside party okay. who is coming in to your cheese production facility to make sure that your cheese is worthy enough to be certified. Independent inspector, if you will. Basically, yeah. Interesting. Um, so this person, the hitter, has a tiny little hammer... <laughs> And they basically <laughs> tap all the wheels of cheese wow. to make sure that it is making the right sound. So it can't be like too hollow in some places or it, you know, they're like, they're trained to hear what, what the cheese is supposed to sound like to they're, make sure that it's like solid. And they're listening to the whatever. density. They're listening the to resonance. the density. Wow. That sounds like it could be something that's so subjective. Yeah, well, they're, like, very heavily trained. And I think the only way to get into this profession is to be an apprentice to one that's already existing. Wow. So they roll up, they they open their little bag of tools, and there's their special little yeah. cheese hammer. Yeah, there's a video of this also. It's actually wow. pretty cool. Um, so before being certified, it, you know, the beater kind of, like, 
does this test and they hammers all the wheels um, that are 12 months or older aged, I guess. Um, and they're looking for like the structural defects. Um, so if it is perfect and, you know, everything sounds sounds good and the beater passes its uh, its test, yeah. um, it gets a quality control um, stamp. So the first category is Parmigiano-Reggiano. So it means that it's the first grade, it's suitable um, to have sort of the, uh, the hot, so they give it a hot iron mark okay. with the DPO. Um, and then there's also like another stamp that goes on it. Does the inspector do that? Or he the just says The inspector does that. Wow. He brings the stamp, or he, she, he or she brings the stamp um, with them and they do that. They're like a cheese notary. Kind of, yeah, basically. <laughs> Um, the second category, so a medium grade Parmigiano Reggiano, is a cheese that could show minor defects in the structure um, of its insides or its rind, um, but that can still be okay as a as a, like a table cheese. These wheels have a different iron mark, um, but they don't get the first grade. Okay, but the, what are they? They're not called Parmigiano Reggiano, though. I think they are. They're just called medium grade. Oh, okay. So, gotcha. Yeah, not not the best. Yeah. Um, and then the third category is a downgraded Parmigiano Reggiano. Oh, so sad. It, it does not comply, and this cheese cannot show any reference to the DPO. And they just sell it as cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Here's some Italian cheese. I read somewhere that sometimes this one goes to like restaurants and stuff. Okay. Wow. Because I'm sure, like, the downgraded Parmigiano-Reggiano, or sorry, I guess it can't be Parmigiano-Reggiano. But the, the downgraded, downgraded cheese is probably still better than most of what we're getting I would in the U.S. I would imagine so. <laughs> it must still be good. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to not sell it. Yeah. Interesting. Wow, that is so involved. It is really involved. Um, Meanwhile, yeah. we invented craft Singles. So, fun fact about Kraft, actually. Oh, no. um, they, in Europe, they legally were forced to stop selling their 100% grated Parmesan cheese um, because in, back in 1991, Europe full, like, finally fully recognized the DPO across all of Europe. Okay. Um, so in that case, though, Parme like saying 100% Parmesan was no longer allowed. In the U.S., we don't recognize that, so we can still say this craft crap is 100% created Parmesan. Yeah. Cheese dust. Um, which I am curious to look at the ingredients I for that. I would probably advise sure against it. Me. I've actually never really liked that, but anyway. Um, wow. It's 100% cheese product. Pasteurized. Yeah. Pasteurized processed cheese food. Yeah. Um. Another fun fact, so there's actually a museum um, at the Parmigiano-Reggiano Museum, which is outside of Parma, that has an exhibit on all the imitation cheeses from other countries, and it fills an entire room. Wow. So we've That's been wild. knocking off Parmesan cheese for, for a long, long time. time. Long, long time. Do you know, did it come up in the research at all, if any of these like imitation styles kind of out of them were born an actual cheese style? Uh, 
Um, like, it's not a, really. Like, oh, in Switzerland, they make Parmesan, but they call it this instead. Yeah. Um, so some of the, like, U.S. ones, you know, obviously Parmesan, Parmigiana, and Parmigiano. And this one guy wrote an article, and he was like, that's basically like saying, like, you know, you're having vermouth maple syrup. <laughs> it's just like kind of a made-up word. You're like, Morple yeah, this syrup. Is, this is close. <laughs> Morple syrup coming from Vermont. Um, so I think they haven't. The imitations are probably like I'm sure some of them are fine and they're good, but um, they're not true Parmigiano Reggiano. Right, right. Now, oh, man, that is so. I can't imagine like the amount of black market Parmesan that's sold around the world. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, I don't know if they could get like true black market Parmesan. You want that? You want that downgraded Parmesan? You want that? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So very fascinating topic and brings me like, I don't know. I, I know I've had like true Parmigiano Reggiano mm-hmm. before, but probably not for a while. It is expensive. It is. I also didn't, I really didn't know that if you buy like store brand yeah. Shredded Parmesan. Yeah. Like shredded Parmesan. It's not. It's not. It's not the real stuff. Not the real stuff. Yeah. I didn't really appreciate that either. But now we understand why it's so expensive. The right. real stuff. I mean, it, there's like whole job industries surrounding like making sure that what is marked Parmigiano Reggiano is true and has the DPO stamp. Seriously. From the, the farmer to the. Yeah. The the beater to the inspector to the I'm sure there's the guy who is the the intermediary seller of the parmesan yeah. cheese. Well, and the cheesemakers themselves because yeah. it's not an automated process. It's all by hand. Definitely like you said the the inspector has to be like an apprentice. Like it must be true across the board for pretty much every yeah. aspect of that that production. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, so that is all about Parmesan cheese. All of that goes all of that goes into the, the thing that most of us just as a afterthought sprinkle on top of I know pasta. Okay, so actually sprinkling on top of like pasta, the first time that is referenced is in uh thirteen forty four Giovanni Baccaccario. No, sorry, Bacciaccio. <laughs> Bacca yeah, it's Bacciaccio. There's a lot of sounds like there's a lot of C's in there. There's a lot of C's. Okay, um, but he writes about grating Parmesan over macaroni e ravioli uh, in the book Decameron, hitting at how this aged cheese might have been used at the time. Interesting. So, so seven hundred years putting it on roughly pasta of, yeah. for a long, long time. Wow, seven hundred years of garnish from mm, something this involved. Fresh Parmesan being grated over hot pasta. Mm. Say it again more slowly so this time. So good. <laughs> yeah, so that is all about Parmesan. Wow. I only actually had a few references for this one. The first one and the most important was ParmigianoReggiano.com. Um, this is a really, actually a really cool website, and that has all the videos that I was talking about. Nice. Um, an article in Forbes by Larry Olmsted, um, and this is was mostly about the imitation cheeses, mm-hmm. and a website called conservicio.vaquerose.it. Um, and then one last one, the traditionalfoodie.com. 
um, the history and production of Parmigiano-Reggiano. Nice. So. Another delicious subject. Yes. Just, and this is like right up, and Laura knows this too, like this is right up my alley. This is like the right level of in-depth nerddom around this where I'm like, I'm fat. I'm trying to go down a rabbit hole on Parmesan <laughs> after we, we're done recording this too. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, the videos on ParmigianoReggiano.com um, were really cool. You would like them. Awesome. We can watch them later. Ooh, exciting. we've watched everything what? on Netflix and Hulu, so... <laughs> We'll start watching yeah. cheese making videos. Oh my gosh. Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, awesome. Fantastic. Well, we've come to the end of another episode of the podcast. Thanks as always for spending some time with us, everyone, and listening to our show. Uh, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your preferred po- uh, podcast platforms. Yes. And you can follow us on social media. We are on Instagram at where did this come from pod. So it's at where did this come from underscore pod. And we hope you have a great week. Stay well. Stay safe. Hopefully everyone's getting vaccinated. Yes. Get Um, stuck with that vaccine. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So take care and we'll see you next time.